Good morning. As always, it's so wonderful to be with you guys this morning. Um, we are continuing our sermon series on relationships, and this morning, we're going to talk about abuse. This isn't an easy subject. It's a tough subject. Um, it's not one that we want to think about, and it's usually not one that we want to talk about, but unfortunately, we need to because it's the part of many people's lives. Abuse comes in many forms, and we aren't going to narrow in on one. Abuse can be physical, it can be emotional, sexual, or verbal. Who can be abused also varies. Spouses can abuse each other, parents can abuse children, kids can abuse parents, people dating and friends can abuse each other. There can be abuse of power in relationships and in the workplace and people can abuse themselves. So, since we aren't a five-hour sermon church, we're just gonna talk about the overreaching subject of abuse while touching on some, specific, um, some specifics within abuse. We know that this subject isn't easy and that many of you have unfortunately had firsthand experience with abuse. As a staff, we're ready to chat with you if you'd like we can point you to resources. Our emails are listed on the back of your bulletins. Jeff, Colleen, Mike, and I are here for you. Please touch base with us this week if this touches home for you, if this subject or this sermon touches home for you. We are here for you. First, let's define abuse. The internet had a lot to say on abuse, and there were many, many definitions, and it varied whether I wanted it to be a verb or a noun. And then I found this and I thought that it would be helpful for us this morning to understand this complex subject. Abuse is the improper use of something. That's it. Abuse is the improper use of something. That could mean the improper use of your marriage, the improper use of a relationship or a friendship, the improper use of parenting or punishment, the improper use of oneself. The word addresses abuse very, very clearly. I found so many passages on this subject. God very clearly hates abuse. God hates abuse because we are to treat each other with the love, grace, and patience that we are treated by God. I think all of us have said things that we shouldn't to one another and done things to one another that are not representative of Christ. Whether we have participated in abuse or have been on a bit mean, I think we could all learn from what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Turn with me or turn on your Bibles to Ephesians 4. We're gonna go over Ephesians 4:29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. It's a pretty good one, isn't it? So this verse really convicted me. Um, I've caught myself being a little bitter and mean and angry to my loved ones. I've caught myself being super mean to my awesome husband, Chad. I'll say something really mean without thinking about it, and it hits me later. Not only was what I said not nice and rude, 
It was also tunnel-visioned and untrue. I find myself focusing on the littlest, simple things and losing sight of the important. I'll give you an example um, of something that happened, but you're not allowed to laugh at me. You just did. I said you're not allowed to laugh. I recently came home and Chad had painted the whole living room and he had fixed the trim and painted it and he'd done a ton of other work in our house. I walked in and noticed that he was working hard and I looked at him and I asked him why he hadn't brought in the mail. I didn't say thank you. I didn't say good job. I came in swinging for no reason at all. It was a jerky move and I'm sure I'm the only one in this room that's ever done something like that. What I'm talking about isn't technically abuse, but done time and time again, it would chip away at him. And that is abusive of the precious relationship that God gave me. Going back to our def definition, I was improperly using my relationship. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And that was Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Again, I think that's the third time we've heard it this morning for a reason. That last part, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving of one another as God in Christ forgave you. I don't think that God has ever called me and said, hey Nance, good job on working for the kingdom, but you forgot to bring in the mail. So what do we do when we feel that those words bubbling up in our minds and at the edge of our lips? And I think the answer to that comes in Psalm 31 verses one through four where David says, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle as long as the wicked are in my presence. He says, I was mute and silent. I held my peace to no avail and my distress grew worse. In verse three, he says, my heart became hot within me, and I, as I mused, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue, O Lord, make me know my end, and, that, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. The author of this psalm, David, had the verbal impulses that we have today. If this happens to us, if we are so angry and in distress as David was, and our hearts are hot within us, like he says, we must pause, remove ourselves from the situation and pray. We can go outside, go on a walk, sit outside, cool down, go to Costco, do whatever you need to do to not say the words that you cannot take back and that are detrimental to your relationship and to somebody else's soul. Along with David, Job had a few things to say about how words affect a person. Job says in Job 19.3, how long will you torment me and crush me with these words? 10 times now you have reproached me. Shamelessly you attack me. If you have felt like this from the actions or words of someone else, you need to do one of two things. First, 
you might need to get away from them. Their words are not respectful of you and who you are. And if you can't get away from them because you're married to them, because they're your children or they're your parents, or that it's a relationship worth mending, you must confront them, explain to them that th what this has done to you, and then you must forgive them and move on. This whole treating each other as God treats us thing, it's, it's real, it's legit. Proverbs 13.3 tells us, he who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. I think that abuse or mistreatment can start off little, it can start off small, and progress to something that's out of control. Some of you may be dealing with this or thinking about a situation at home. Some of you may be dealing with this huge situation right now. Perhaps the way that you're disciplining your children or the way that you were disciplined comes to mind. Let's turn to the word again to see what instructions there are for us there. Please turn with me to Ephesians 4. I'm sorry, Ephesians 6, 4. Ephesians 6 tells us, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's Ephesians 6, 4. And anytime we read fathers, and it's referring to uh, parenting, please read it as fathers and mothers or parents. So, parents, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If you've gone too far in anger with your children and it's getting out of control, I want to encourage you to speak with someone. If you yourself were abused as a child, I want you to speak with someone. As a staff, we're here for you and we'll be able to refer you to counselors. Abuse of children is beyond devastating. Colossians 3.21 tells us, fathers, and read it as parents, fathers, parents, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. When a child is abused, it crushes them. It crushes their spirit and can and will affect their life drastically. I was reading a lot about child abuse in preparation for the sermon. I read psychology papers and learned a lot of really devastated thing, devastating things. I was saddened. And instead of frightening all of us this morning with all of it, let me read you something simple and clear. Children believe what their parents tell them. Children believe what their parents tell them. So parents and those of us who work with children we must know that each of our words have weight. We are responsible for what children believe about themselves. Friends, if you were told things that are untrue and discouraging as children, know that it's not okay and that there is still time to heal no matter how long ago it was. Christ's love and care for us never expires. In Christ, there is healing even from the oldest scars. That's why we as a congregation are so invested in Amistad mission in Bolivia. Amistad takes children who have been orphaned or abandoned and abused and cares for them. They rehabilitate their hearts and their minds, and guess what? It works. Through the love and the power of Christ, wounds can and will be healed. It's not always easy, 
and it's not always quick, but it is possible. The same goes for physical abuse in romantic relationships. Unfortunately, some of you in this room understand that all too well. Marriages are not easy. They take work. There's a lot of laughter in them and joy, and sometimes there are hurt feelings and anger. But if that anger turns to physical abuse, it's not okay. It's never okay to physically attack a spouse. It's never okay to misuse the body of a spouse. Abuse is a mistreatment of something or someone, and this is not a gray area. We, we have so many images of spousal abuse in, in movies and songs and shows, and those are often dramatic, and that can happen. If that's happening to you right now, please remove yourself from the situation. We have a resource for you on the church's website if you need to leave your home today. If you're being physically abused, regardless of by whom and regardless of your gender, you must leave. That advice is for when things are severe. But what about when it's not very severe? When the physical of abuse is subtle or infrequent? Friends, subtle physical abuse is still abuse. Infrequent physical abuse is still abuse. It is never okay and will become worse if not treated. If this is happening to, in your home and in your relationship, you must do something about it immediately. You must get help right now. The word tells us that physical abuse is not in God's design for our lives. Colossians 3.19 says to us, Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Embittered is a synonym of poisonous. So husbands... Love your wives and, not, and do not be poisonous against them. That also means wives, love your husbands and do not be embittered or poisonous against them. We are to treat our physical safety and that of others as God would. God commands for how we treat our, um, each other is very clear. He commands us to do it with love, care, and grace. And that's it. Now we need to talk about something that doesn't always come to mind when we think about forgiveness, about abuse. I just told you, it's forgiveness. If you have been abused in any form, you need to focus on forgiving. It's not easy. It might even make you feel physically ill to think of forgiving someone who has wronged you so deeply. But it's, only, it's the only way that you can truly move on it's also what we're called to do as believers. Mark 11:25 tells us, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If, if you have anything, anything, against anyone so that your Father who also is in heaven may forgive you for your trespasses. That was Mark 11:25. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 tells us, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And I have one more for us. James 5:16. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may know that you may be healed. 
The prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's working. James 5.16 tells us, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It's the only way. The prayer of the righteous person has great power and it's working. Holding on to anger and hurt for or from someone is like drinking poison and, it, and expecting it to hurt others. I'm sure we've heard that. It hurts you and will eat at you alone. As Christians, we must practice forgiveness. We must forgive those who have abused us. And if you are hearing this and you yourself have been the abuser, you must seek forgiveness and get help. Acts 2.38 tells us, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I know that this subject matter isn't easy. We need to examine ourselves and our relationships if we are to grow in a healthy manner. I've said it several times, but I want to reiterate it that we are here for you and we have resources waiting and available to help guide you to a healthier relationship. God's call for our lives is that we treat each other with love, care, and grace, that same love, care, and grace that he gives to us. God's desire is for you to have a healthy relationship and a healthy life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it's 100% true, that there are instructions for our lives and for every aspect of our lives in your word. Father, I pray that you would be with those of us here who are struggling with abuse. I pray that you would be with those in this room who have been abused or are being abused. I pray that you would give them the courage and the strength and the endurance to get help. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone who needs to leave their home tonight, you would make it so. Save them, Father. And I just pray that if there's somebody in this room who is dealing with something subtle or infrequent, that you would heal them, heal their family, and heal their marriages and relationships. Father, we pray for those who have been on the other end who are abusers or have been abusers. We pray that if they seek it, you would forgive them and that you would rehabilitate them. Father, we thank you that no matter what has happened in our lives before, if we seek forgiveness, you will give it to us. And we thank you that no matter what is happening in our lives, you never leave us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for that love, grace, and, and care that only comes from you. In your name we pray, amen.